Are you willing to pay for such accomplishments? asked the wise chemist. Certainly, answered Clarabelle, jingling her purse. Then come to me tomorrow at two o'clock, said he. Nighty practiced what is known as chemical sorcery. So that when Clarabelle Suds came next day at two o'clock, he showed her a small box filled with compounds that closely resembled French bonbons. This is a progressive age, said the old man, and I flatter myself your Uncle Dawes kept right along with the procession. Now one of your old-fashioned sorcerers would have made you some nasty bitter pills to swallow, but I have consulted your taste and convenience. Here are some magic bonbons. If you eat this one with a lavender color, you can dance thereafter as lightly and gracefully as if you'd been trained a lifetime. After you consume the pink confection, you'll sing like a nightingale. Eating the white one will enable you to become the finest elocutionist in the land. The chocolate piece will charm you into playing the piano, while after eating your lemon-yellow bonbon, you can easily kick six feet above your head. How delightful! exclaimed Clarabelle, who was truly enraptured. You're certainly a most clever sorcerer, as well as a considerate compounder. And she held out her hand for the box. Ahem, <clears throat> said the wise one. A check, please. Oh, yes, to be sure. How stupid of me to forget it, she returned. He considerately retained the box in his own hand while she signed a check for a large amount of money, after which she allowed her to hold the box herself. Are you sure you've made them strong enough? She inquired anxiously. It usually takes a great deal to affect me. My only fear, replied Dr. Dawes, is that I've made them too strong. For this is the first time I've ever been called upon to prepare these wonderful confections. Don't worry, said Clarabelle. The stronger they act, the better I shall act myself. She went away after saying this, but stopping in at a dry goods store to shop, she forgot the precious box in a new interest and left it lying on the ribbon counter. Then little Bessie Bostwick came to the counter to buy a hair ribbon and laid a parcel beside the box. When she went away, she gathered up the box with her other bundles and trotted off home with it. Bessie never knew until she had hung a coat in the hall closet and counted up her parcels that she had one too many. Then she opened it and exclaimed, why, it's a box of candy. Someone must have mislaid it. But it's too small a matter to worry about. There are only a few pieces. So she dumped the contents of the box into a bonbon dish and stood upon the hall table and picking out a chocolate piece, she was fond of chocolates, ate it daintily while she examined her purchases. There were not many, for Bessie was only twelve years old and was not yet trusted by her parents to expend much money at the stores. But while she tried on the hair ribbon, she suddenly felt a great desire to play upon the piano and the desire at last became so overpowering that she went into the parlor and opened up the instrument. The little girl had, with infinite pains, contrived to learn two pieces, which she usually executed with a jerky movement of her right hand, and the left hand that forgot to keep up, and so made dreadful discords. But under the influence of chocolate bonbons, she sat down and ran her fingers lightly over the keys, producing such exquisite harmony that she was filled with amazement at her own performance. There was a prelude, however— the next moment she dashed into Beethoven's seventh sonata and played it magnificently. Her mother, hearing the unusual burst of melody, came downstairs to see what musical guest had arrived.